0: aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford, Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. I faced it all, and I stood tall, and did it my
1: way. And I do welcome you to another estate planning essentials program judiciously striving to protect your family your assets and you my name is Don Crawford Jr the grateful owner of KWM radio been the owner of the station since 2007 so a long time 15 years something like that been in partners with Michael for 10 years now, which I'm very grateful for. I've learned so much from this program uh, because of Michael's expertise and heart, and I think you will too by listening to the program today, and therefore I say once again hello and welcome Michael Cohen. Hello, Don. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Appreciate your time again today. As always, new year, new topics, lots to talk about as always, preparation for um, tax day in April. Uh, whenever that is, the seventeenth, sixteenth, whatever the date is, um, and everything you talk about indirectly or directly relates to that protection of those assets, like we say at the beginning of the program. And today we want to talk about what I think is very related to that, and you've explained that it is, and that is alternatives to guardianship.
2: Yeah, people want to seek; do not want to go through the guardianship processes. It's a lengthy process. Uh, there are certain situations where. Uh, there's always going to be a guardian needed so if you have somebody's a minor in Texas the age of 18 or if you're an adult and you cannot because of a physical or mental condition uh, are substantially unable to provide uh, food clothing or shelter for yourself or care for uh, your own physical health or manage the Uh, your own personal affairs or if you're a person who must have a guardian appointed uh, for the person to receive funds due to government uh, of a governmental source like income uh, then a guardian may be needed but you would try to avoid guardianship because with the guardianship process there's an attorney uh, representing the person who's the ward there might be somebody who contested uh, if there's a Uh, somebody else uh, uh, who seeks the guardianship over the person. So it's possible there could be several attorneys involved, and then you have to go through the court process. And sometimes there's, uh, there's two different types of guardianship. One's guardianship of the person, that's who takes care of somebody, and guardianship of the estate, that deals with the assets of that person. So there's different types of alternatives to avoid those types of situation that what you would want to do uh, to avoid courts, to avoid, quite frankly, attorneys. Some of my best friends are attorneys, but I would like to avoid them. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so I thought we should talk about these things so people could hopefully, if the person has not already uh, had some sort of incapacitation uh, that we've just talked about what those definitions are, what are some things to avoid that? One is a medical power of attorney, that who makes medical decisions for you if you cannot make them for yourself. Uh, we talked uh, sometime, I think it was either November or December of 2022, about sometimes there's surrogate decision-making that could be made. but. Uh, that Sometimes that's uh, a lot of a difficult situation to determine. Uh, it's put the onus on the doctors to find the person or have people agree. I had somebody, uh, oh, at the end of t- December where the person was the niece and she was the closest relative uh, the to the person who was disabled. And now she was in the, – the, the aunt is in a nursing home, and she doesn't want to have responsibility, but she uh, wants to maybe make some medical decisions. But the best thing would have been just to have a medical power of attorney – for it could have been that she didn't want niece it could have been she had a friend or somebody else that she thought was best to make a medical decision for her if she couldn't make it for herself it reminds me of another case that we had where um, the at the end of December that the there was somebody who was a good friend uh, there uh, they were friends with an elderly person uh, who lived here in Texas and um, the person who is elderly has a sister from whom she's estranged. And now uh, the friend just wants to take care of her, doesn't have any financial, uh, it's not the greed that we also quite frankly often see. He says, I just want to take help take care of my elderly friend. Uh, but now my elderly friend lacks capacity. Uh, if they she had had a medical power of attorney, then at least on the medical decisions, then the friend could have made those decisions for friend to help Mm -hmm. take care of them, to do, you know, uh, to take care of those who, others who can't take care of themselves. The financial power of attorney would deal with the assets. So that's another thing that would have been a necessary thing or or should have been something that should have been considered uh, before. Um, but to, a financial power of attorney gives you, the, during your life, the ability to make uh, – it doesn't necessarily mean that you lose your ability, but it gives somebody else the authority to act on your path. Mm-hmm. So a financial power of attorney could be anything from signing a contract to uh, being having access to an IRA to selling a home, hmm. it could be anything financial. It's whatever you put into that power of attorney, whichever authorities. It could be as limited, as broad as you want. It could be just the authority to sell a home, and that's it. Or it could be you could do any and all things. Most people think that a financial power of attorney gives you a penalty to do anything. Hmm. But it's really all depends on what you put in there. And even the statutory form doesn't cover everything. We know that from an elder law attorney's perspective because there's often extra things that you want to have in there that a typical power of attorney doesn't have, like the ability to create trust, the ability to do transfer planning, the ability to do what's called a ladybird deed Mm -hmm. to protect a home from Medicaid estate recovery. So most uh, powers of attorney do not give that Broad of authority, so you have to look at the person's individual situation. So if you wanted to give the – if you become disabled, you never know when somebody's going to have a stroke or perhaps get in a bad car accident, and you want somebody to be able to plan during their life. Mm -hmm. You know, most people think about – we talked about last week's show, Wills and Trust, uh, and you never know when somebody becomes disabled. That's why we talked about a trust. A uh, There's different types of trust. So uh, that's another alternative to guardianship. If you have a revocable living trust, well, you say, if I'm in charge of my assets during my life, but if I should become disabled, so-and-so is in charge, whoever it is, whether it's an individual or a bank or whomever it may be. There are other types of trust, like an different irrevocable trust, so sometimes people say, oh, I might become disabled or I might have the beginnings of dementia. and I want to protect my assets should I need long-term care in the future because I don't either have – I have enough assets that I want to protect. Uh, well, if I lose capacity, I, I want to protect – you know, if you had the irrevocable trust to begin with, that's fine, uh, that's great, and you have protected it. Uh, Uh, But this is, again, the reason why a lot of times we put in the power of attorney because there's lots of different types of trust. Uh, We just mentioned the revocable trust, which is the more common one. So you could say in the power of attorney, I give the ability to create a trust trust. There, besides a revocable trust and typical uh, irrevocable trust, there's lots of different types of irrevocable trust. Uh, too many to describe on this program, and too complicated. I might add, I'm afraid, because uh, there's different different things. Who gets the income? Who's in charge? different tax issues that are probably more than you want to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a, one of the types of irrevocable trust is a special needs trust. So if the person was under 65, because you can only establish your own spe- special needs trust if you're under 65, you can create a special needs trust will, so that you don't lose any valuable public benefits, uh, and it will not be subject to a five-year look-back period. So sometimes people create special needs trust, uh, if they have capacity, they could do it themselves, or it could be done by a court uh, guardian, parent, grandparent uh, as well, uh, or guardian. Okay. Uh, so uh, special needs trust are another alternative. Uh, of course, uh, if you had, you know, last week's show you mentioned about PODs, mm-hmm. uh, paid-on-death accounts. Sometimes there's also convenience accounts, like a joint account. So let's say, well, I want to take care of so and so, so I'll just be on the account. And okay, so if you have, I want to be able to pay their bills. So if I have a joint account ownership, you say, oh, I could pay the bills of somebody. That avoids at least that asset. Uh, But there are problems with that. That person who's the joint account owner, um, if they're a joint account owner and not a convenient, just a signer. So there's different, seven different ways to set up bank accounts in Texas. We did a show on that. Sometime in twenty twenty two if it's a joint account owner, it could be a problem because what happens if that person gets sued? Your money could be subject to their creditors right. what if they're um, they're married and they are having uh, domestic issues, and the and they had given their own spouse a power of attorney. Well, then they might that new uh, that spouse uh, might be able to get to your assets. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be that person becomes disabled. It could be that that person is no longer trustworthy. Um, anyway, uh, it could be in any number of things. So the difference between a joint account, which is a joint ownership account, that is is different as a owner versus a convenience account where you might be able just to just have signing rights. I wonder if, if that makes me more vulnerable then since I'm a
1: joint borrower on the home that I'm buying for my stepson, Sarah's son. We're closing next month in February. We're both on the loan, therefore both
2: on the home. Mm-hmm. I guess I could be sued or liable. Usually in a deed of trust. A deed of trust is a... Um, it's like a mortgage. Mm-hmm. So it's the document securing the loan. So basically, what the bank is saying is uh, son in law, you do not have adequate credit to borrow. We want somebody who has adequate credit. Uh, and so therefore, we're going to have them basically on the loan. Okay. We have, and then they have generally. Three of some different options. It depends on the deed of trust. But generally, they could say either we could foreclose, which is the most common situation. They just take the property back. Or they may have the right to even sue you for the payment if you're on the note. Okay. If you're on the note or if you're a guarantor of the note, then... So I guess that gets to the question, are you on the note or are you a guarantor of the note or are you just on the... Uh, and, and probably in some way you have some liability. Okay. Uh huh. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, um any event, yeah, so you have to look at the situation and yeah. yeah. kind of go from there. Now, okay. normally they would just probably foreclose on the property if the loan wasn't paid. Right. So.
1: Okay. Good to
2: know. I'm uh,
1: not worried. Don't worry about anything, fortunately, but it's good to be prepared.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's say that you had a loved one who was the. Uh, A beneficiary, and so if that person was disabled or if they were a minor, then you would have a trust within your will or a trust within your trust so that that person, when they inherit the assets. Uh, it wouldn't be in their charge, so you wouldn't need jar- guardianship over the assets because you've already named somebody to be in control. Smart. So it's what's called a testamentary trust, if it's in your last will of trust, testament, or you could have it in your trust. Remember last week's show we talked about wills versus trust, some of the advantages. Um, and so if anyone's interested in the the podcast on that, all of our shows are recorded and are on our website. Excellent. Um, another thing uh, is that that you could even designate who you want as a guardian in advance if you should uh, advance of a later need. Sometimes there's court-created trust, I might add, where they might, um, if you have a minor that's involved in a lawsuit and they have no legal guardian, the court could create a trust. So the funds are either held uh, by a bank or a trust company for the benefit of that person. Uh, Of course, there's guardianship management trust, too, where property management administration by a trustee could be done as well. Uh, So then there's, uh, I should also mention, uh, you know, I mentioned about wills. Uh, One thing that a lot of people are not aware of is, you know, we talked about a uh, earlier, or, or we talked about last week's show, about how one of the advantages of a will when you have a disabled uh, spouse we mentioned is that the you could have a disability trust or special needs trust or supplemental needs trust as a um, uh, for the benefit of that disabled spouse under Medicaid rules, and it would not count as a resource because uh, Medicaid means tested. Okay. Now, if you had a will and somebody. Um, was disabled but they, when you did the will they were perfectly fine but the time you died they became disabled and they were on public benefits you could actually go to court to modify somebody's will after they die for either tax reasons or public benefits reasons that they might jeopardize their public benefits you could create through a court order as if the will had a special needs trust in it now it's better to have the special needs trust to begin with uh, in other words, if so and so, in every will that we do, in every trust that we do, we have a contingent special needs or supplemental needs trust. Mm. So it says if anybody ever becomes disabled, so, you know, that's, you know, what like you were talking earlier about uh, a POD account, uh, I think on last week's show, uh, and I said, well, gee, people become disabled. So in every will and trust in my world— the dark side. Uh, We see that bad things happen, 30% of Americans become disabled at some point in their life, so we always have a contingent disability trust for anybody who's disabled. But even if you just had a simple will and you had somebody who became disabled when you die, you could, under Texas law, go to court to reform or modify the will. Now, it's better to do it all up front because it's more of an expense to go to court and say this person would have wanted their child to not lose their public benefits or their spouse or whomever uh, because then you have to get court, have to get court approval, etc. So, you know... It's more of an expense, but just to let you know, you could even modify some, change somebody's will after they die in certain situations. (laughs) Yes, that makes sense. Uh, What makes sense for you, the
1: listener, is to categorically attend Michael's next workshop. That's what you need to do for various reasons. Uh, This program, the last 15 minutes or the last 10 years uh you've heard from michael you've heard his veracity his knowledge his expertise how current he is he would help you if you would attend that next workshop and that is on tuesday january the 24th at 10 a.m so it's coming up and uh the way to sign up for that is to dial 214-720-0102 go to dallas elderlawyer.com dallas is in dallas texas dallas elderlawyer.com sign up for the free workshop which is on that Tuesday, the
2: 24th. And Michael, tell them all about the workshop. Well, we ask people what they want to know. Mm -hmm. Is it about wills? Is it about trust? Is it about guardianship? Is it about, um, it it could be about Medicaid. It could be about veterans benefits. It could be about, uh, who knows what you might want to ask. We never know what the questions are going to be about estate planning because every single workshop we've done, there are different questions that may have never even been asked before. It could have been about the new laws that happened at the end of December about the changes with the SECURE Act. It could have been, uh, or with Medicaid, the new laws affected uh, had some impact on Medicaid in certain situations. Uh, So um, you never know what questions that people are going to ask. Mm -hmm. Uh, So each workshop is different. To attend that free estate planning essentials workshop, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. Or sign up online, which is probably preferable, at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. And if you do attend the free estate planning essentials workshop, uh, you'll get a free vision meeting. In other words, another hour for free without obligation, just to answer questions in more depth and maybe in private, uh, because at the beginning of the workshop, we say, what do you want to know? But even if you didn't want to discuss or say what you wanted to know at the workshop, we could even, or if you wanted to go in more depth, we'll have a free vision meeting, no obligation. uh, Again, to go to that free estate planning essentials workshop, uh, just call 214- Seven two zero zero one zero two, or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com.
1: I want to see if the website address DallasSeasonedAttorney.com is available because you're so very seasoned. Um, your middle name to me is Michael What If Cohen. As Michael sits down with you, he will at the workshop, you'll see that, but very much so at the vision meeting all the what ifs, Machine Gun Mike, what if, what if, what if, Had have you thought about it? You thought about it, you realize, and there's so many potential unthinkable, let alone thinkable, scenarios that could happen. And are you prepared? Michael thinks about it uh, and then asks you what you want to do and then leaves it up to you, which is great. And that's the way all attorneys should be. Um, also, Michael, correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't asked you this in a long time. It's not like other attorneys where the meter just runs and runs and runs and creates anguish and anxiety for the for the listeners or the consumers, because you just sit there and you bill
2: them for the hour like so many attorneys do. Is that wrong? Right. I mean, we give a free vision meeting. Um, you know, basically, this is three free hours without obligation. So, right. so if we if there is somebody who wants to do something, we would you know, just give them a quote as to what it would be before they even began. It's a fixed quote. It's not like it's by the hour. Right. Right,
1: which I think is tremendous. A lot of people will appreciate that. My third question or statement, this is a question now, is you have taught me and many listeners um, about guardianship uh, and about estate planning in general. I've learned over the years, not only do you put the name of the beneficiaries in the will of the trust, but you also um, indicate who is not receiving something uh,
2: and that you've thought about them? Do you need to do that when it comes to guardianship? Well, well, sometimes you could have what's called a declaration of guardian, the ventilator, and comps or need. Okay. So, what were those last words? <laughs> uh, in, in, in the event of later incompetence or need. So 20, I will tell okay. you a story okay. that happened in 2022 where the person uh, came to me subsequently. There was The dad, who was 90 years old, had um, said, I want. Um, one daughter, number one, is my agent to make my medical decisions, and daughter number two is the alternate. But there was sibling rivalry, uh, and so uh, unfortunately, daughter number two, when dad lacked capacity, said, "I'm going to court." Dad would have wanted me to be guardian, and so they fought. Mm-hmm. And daughter number one told me that she – because there's a document that they could have had, just a simple form document, that says if I ever need a guardian, this is my order. They didn't have that document. She told me she spent $225,000 in legal fees trying to make sure that she was in charge. Awful. So if you had a one- or two-page document, assuming Dad had capacity at the time, then – that could have been avoided. Clearly designating who does what. Right. So, you know, especially, you know, so it could be that you want – there's guardianship of the person and guardianship of the estate. Who takes care of me and who takes care of my assets and what happens if that person – so, you know, it's not just the oldest child or whatever. It's it's whomever you want. Right. So it's pretty um, – we give people the option a lot of people say oh that'll never happen to me but we say, right. eh, okay well whatever you want to do but you know we think of it as a pretty basic type document it's only a one or two page document just in case money so, money will never come between us or he or she would never and then yeah.
1: reality kicks in and or money kicks in
2: right so unfortunately these are the bad things that yeah. happen in life and um yeah. yeah. What can I say? It, 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 as an as an attorney, you only see all these bad things, and unfortunately, um, that's the way it is. And I, right. that'll never. I guess that'll never change. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we just see it on unfortunately on a daily or at least weekly basis.
1: Well, it's got to give you peace of mind that you provide them peace of mind. It's like insurance. Insurance only kicks in when bad things happen, disasters or car accidents or deaths or things like that. So you know you're doing the right thing, that it's a thankless job many times, uh, thankless accomplishments, but you can rest at peace knowing you, you've really helped a lot of people out immeasurably.
2: Yeah. I mean, I like to think of us as kind of a, a social worker mm-hmm. uh, who happens to have legal knowledge, um, we feel like we want to take help take care of you and your assets and your family, mm-hmm. not necessarily your assets and they're really the what the main goal is take care of you and your family right. and before you get into the assets uh because you know that's what it's all about mm-hmm. so
1: yeah. and I, I can't agree more. Uh, We've got about one minute left. Final thoughts on wills and trusts.
2: Okay. Well, this is really an alternative to guardianship, but uh, there's other things. Representative pays, like if you get Social Security, there's things called ABLE accounts where if you're under a certain age, you don't have to worry about the special needs trust. It's an exception uh, depending on your age. There's veterans benefits, fiduciaries. There's all sorts of different things. There's even the court registry. Uh, so there's if you're married, uh, there's another thing called community administration where the spouse could deal with the assets and pay bills without having guardianship. Sometimes okay. there's pool trust. It's like a big special needs trust. Mm-hmm. So as you can see, there's a multitude of options, and it depends on the person's situation. But the one thing we do that we we do know, and that is, if you could avoid guardianship, make it simple for you and your family by just do a little simple planning. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, I turned
1: sixty this year. You're in your sixties, so I'm catching. I'm catching you, and um, so we're not in our thirties anymore. So we understand this, and this is we do things the old-fashioned way in many ways. Um, I look back to. Many years ago, Michael, not that I ever smoked a cigarette in my life, but look at that cigarette machine or that candy machine. And you just pull that lever, and then out pops what you wanted that you could see through the glass there. This is what you have to offer. There are so many levers, so many options for people to pull. It just seems like there's endless ones. And that is, again, why your middle name is What If?, and you always ask what if, what if, what if, so then you can have that peace of mind and the listener has that peace of mind when your services are complete and their estate plan um, or whatever assistance and services you provide is complete as well. To make, to, to that end, to that finish line, go to Michael's next workshop to start the process now, this year, before tax season, before anything, so that it's not too late. Dial two one four seven two zero zero one zero two, two one four seven two zero zero one zero two or go to DallasElderlawyer.com, Dallaselderlawyer.com. Michael Cohen. I thank you, sir. Thank you, Don.